the following contest is a first round match in the Kings of Consoles tournament to determine the greatest game in the history of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Two games enter, only one can advance. Introducing first, the 94th Seed, a 1990 arcade puzzle port from IRAM, and its opponent, the 35th Seed, a 1990 action-adventure game from Nintendo, Star Tropics! Your ringside judges are Pat Dooley and Ricky Giraldo. There's nothing left to say but round one, fight! Welcome to episode 16 of Kings of Consoles. This is the podcast where we try to find the best game for each home video game console by means of a massive tournament. I'm Pat Dooley. And I'm Ricky Geraldo. And this week we have the number 35 seed in our tournament, Star Tropics, trying to stop a run of seven consecutive upsets in the tournament as it takes on the number 94 seed, Kickle Cubicle, which obviously is hoping to keep that streak going. Uh, last week, we saw a major upset in my eyes when Load Runner knocked out Clax. Um, it'll, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's the last that, that happens to me, where a game I really didn't like moves on. But hey, the tournament is young. We got 83 more of these after this week, uh, just from the NES tournament. Uh, we do know that whoever wins this is going to play a game that presumably we both love, which is the number 30 seed, the original Mega Man uh, in round two, uh, which we saw a knockout Russian attack back in Mega Man May a few weeks ago. So, yeah, we always start with the underdog in these matchups, which in this case is Kickle Cubicle, which is a puzzle game developed by Irem for arcades in 1988, ported to the NES in 1990. The story, which is very loose, is that the Fantasy Kingdom is under attack by the Wicked Wizard King, who has trapped all but one of its citizens, Kickle. Uh, goes out to help his people with his magical ice breath, which he can use to freeze enemies and turn them into bridges, and the ability to create ice pillars. And I know what you're thinking, if you've been listening to this show for 16 weeks, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so the first note, even before I touched the game, I put down whole game as an ice level. Mm-hmm. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but then you start playing it. And I kind of didn't hate it. <laughs> I I really expected to when I saw that it was all ice. Because I had no idea what this game was. I'd never heard of it before setting all this up. Um, as we've mentioned uh, in the past... The tournament seeds are based on IGN's list of the 100 greatest NES games. Uh, so Kiko Cubicle being their number 94 game makes it number 94 in our tournament seeding. I had never heard of this game. And then as soon as it started up and it was a nice level, it was like, oh no. Oh no, this is going to be a long hour. But I liked it. I did too. It was pretty fun. I, uh, I thought it was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I think it... it 
like the first levels are easy enough that you kind of get the gist of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I need to freeze this to get this. And I need to get all the, what is it, coins? I don't even remember what they were. It was like, what were they you have to receive? Like, yeah. Or, I don't even. Yeah, I don't, it, I, unfortunately, I played this a couple weeks ago and I don't remember offhand. But whatever it is that you're going around and collecting, yeah. And then the next level starts and you do it again. Mm-hmm. It was pretty and fun. It's a little bit harder, but it's not. The, right. the difficulty ramps up in a really kind of satisfying way. Um, did it remind you of anything we've played so far? Because it really did for me. Um, I don't know on top of my head. Which one, which game did it remind you of? Lolo 3. Yeah. I got really strong Lolo vibes from this. Uh, yes. In terms of like, in Lolo you're, you know, putting the snake things in eggs so you can push them to block you know, the Medusa heads from shooting you or whatever. There was a lot, it was very similar to that. Um, but I liked the addition of, and unfortunately it took me a while playing before I realized I could do this, how you could like build, like make the ice pillars. Right. And so you could like shoot the ice block into a pillar. So it didn't go all the way to the edge. And so you could kind of steer the bo- blocks a little bit. I, I, I thought it was a really well-designed puzzle game. And even though the levels are all icy, it didn't play like ice. Yeah, you didn't slide off or anything. Yeah, it was, it was only ice because it was basically like shuffleboard, where you're just like sliding things along, and then they drop in the water and make a bridge. Yep. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. It was definitely fun, and I uh, had a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah, same here. This is this is probably this is probably the most pleasant surprise of all the games we've played so far through 16 weeks. Just in terms of I had no idea what this was. I had really low expectations especially after finding out it was ice based. But I liked it. Um there you go. Not all ice games or levels are bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not all ice levels. Um it, uh, I did think that there, there were some, some things I didn't like, um, namely that the princess that you're rescuing, her name is Princess Pumple, which was just like, that's almost as bad as Thorn Dog from, uh, was that Astronax? Yeah. That had the henchman named Thorn Dog. Pumple just as, I, I don't princess know. Pumple. Princess Pumple. Princess Pumple. just, that just grossed me out a little bit. Um, it was a little weird when the vegetables start talking to you um, and give you advice. That's a, that's a weird little thing. Nothing that like takes away from my enjoyment of the game. It's just like, oh, that's, that's a yeah, like a the tomato choice. Tomatoes start talking to you. You're like, what? Yeah, like why, why is this corn coming up to me? I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was fun. Um, and there's. Uh, I don't know if you found this, but I randomly stumbled across an item in one of the last couple levels I played. It was like a magic ring that when you get it, it turns everything in the level to flowers, including what? the villains. So you just walk around and collect the flowers and you finish the level. I don't what? know what I did to get that, but it was like... It felt like in Adventure Island, where there are those spots where you can, like, if you jump and throw your tomahawk in a certain place... 
you get like sucked up into the sky to the bonus levels it was kind of like that like i i did some special combination of stuff unknowingly and then all of a sudden everything was flowers i was like oh i get that (laughs) it's kind of like the the pow block in mario brothers (laughs) like oh well that just that just wiped everything out that's awesome yeah I enjoy, I don't have a whole lot to other else to say about it because it's not like it's a super deep story. The gameplay is really like once you get it in the first level, you get it. It's just learning new ways of applying those skills to future puzzles. Yeah, and and how you can do the level faster because mm-hmm. you are timed at a level. Yes. So. Yeah, and there were definitely a couple where I um, I ran out of time trying to figure out. I know I need to like go up and around that, but how do I make that turn? Yeah, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Um, so, and but keep in mind that is the underdog this week uh, because it is taking on the number thirty-five seed Star Tropics, which is an action adventure video game released by Nintendo, also in nineteen ninety. You play as Mike Jones, who who whose archaeologist (laughs) uncle has been abducted by aliens. He sets out on a quest to rescue him, armed with a yo-yo given to him by the chief of the village where his uncle was studying. There's a point in the game where Mike is required to enter a code to progress, but he's never been told the code, except in a letter that was packaged with the game. So unless you had the original packaging, you would be stuck. And I have a story about that in a little bit. Uh, In addition to IGN calling it the number 35 game, Nintendo Power called it the 64th best game in their issue 100, 100 best games of all time list, uh, which was 100 best games across all Nintendo platforms up to that point. So, Star Tropics. I think you and I had different experiences with Star Tropics, just based on a little bit of pre-podcast chatter. Yeah, so... Okay, the game itself... I could tell it's pretty great. <laughs> like, it's an RPG. So, you have magic and stuff, right? Yep. And I just, I don't know what it is, but RPGs in this era right now are giving me a hard time because I just get bored. I don't know what is wrong with it, but... I don't know. I thought I thought the game was interesting, but also boring at the same time. See, I felt like the difference between this and, say, Crystalis or Faxanadu. Yeah. Crystalis in particular, because it's the same kind of top-down, um, is I felt like I had more kind of agency in this than I did in Crystalis. Like, Star Tropics is basically just a dungeon crawler. Yeah. Like you're you're going like you you go and you talk to people and then the people tell you you need to go here and you go there and then you know you talk to the chief and then the chief tells the guards to get out of the way so you can go into the cave to go find clues about your uncle and then you get the submarine and you take that to the second island and blah 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 blah, blah. you rescue the dolphin whatever, um, but it's all like to get from like to progress you have to go into a place go room to room solve the puzzles beat the bad guys beat a boss and then you're out. Right. Um, which, you know, is a little repetitive. Dungeon crawlers can get a little repetitive. But what I liked about this a lot is the variety of enemies. Uh, like Crystalis, one of our, our criticisms of it when we talked about it a few weeks ago, is that all of the enemies in Crystalis felt the same. No matter what they looked like, they just all behaved the same, except for the bats. 
And there are bats in this that behave differently, but so do the snakes. And so do, like, every every enemy presents a unique challenge. The little, like, jumping octopus things react to, to you differently than the rats do, than the snakes do, than the bats do, so on and so forth. So you have to, you really have to kind of alter the way you play to, to what you're doing, which I don't feel like any of the other RPGs we've played so far made you do. That is, you know, when you put it like that, that's very true. I just, I don't know if it's just because I had a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of talking. And oh. I just, I don't know. And this, the music was kind of like putting me asleep because it didn't have like <laughs> magical music. It's, I don't know. It's very soothing. It's very kind of islandy, just yeah. like, you know, like what you would hear in the port when you get off a cruise ship. Like, it's just, like, very relaxing, you know, welcome to Cozumel-type music. Um, nothing super exciting, um, especially on, you know, in an 8-bit chip. They couldn't do a ton with it. Um, but we have played games with much better music. Um, I did like the music a lot. I, I wouldn't put it on the same level as, obviously, like, your Mega Mans or your Super Marios or your Zeldas. But I would put it in the, you know, at least the upper half of the games that we've played so far for the show. It's not super memorable, I couldn't tell you, like, I couldn't hum the theme from Star Tropics, um, but I, I, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't make enough notice of the music to, I guess, have a strong opinion on it one way or the other, which, when you compare it to games that I hated the music, like Snake Rattle and Roll, uh, or uh, that one track on Clax, uh, I guess that's a positive, now that I think about it. Um, I did have to do some serious experimentation to figure out how to take a potion, which I kept like collecting potions and then I would just get killed. I was like, well, how am I supposed to like use this potion to recharge my enemy and my energy? And I just, you know, through a series of random button presses, it was like, Oh, that's how I get into that menu. Yeah, that's what I did. I just mashed. I'm yeah. Like, what? This will work. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, I think you pause and press down something like that to get to the second half of your menu beyond just your weapon, yeah. um, which makes the second boss super easy. Because you have that thing that lets you turn things, or that freezes everything. I don't know if you got that far. Um, but you're fighting like this giant octopus, and you have this thing that you picked up in an earlier level that makes you turn things to ice. And so you just turn everything to ice so it can't swim away, and then you just smack it in the face with your yo-yo a bunch. Um, oh, well, yeah, so I don't think we're, we're in the same place. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I like the, the, the way that the story plays out it it's not a super linear story i mean it is because you go you do this thing then you go here you do this you go here there's it's not like a branching narrative by any means but it does have a lot of stories in it that in a modern game would be that right like in the second level like you find this like distressed baby dolphin and you're trying to reunite it with its mother and, or it's the other way around, right? You meet the mother. Yeah, you meet the mom. And she wants you to rescue the baby. And then you go into the second dungeon and there's a baby dolphin. And you have to figure out how to free it so that it can be reunited. And then the mom helps you uh, escape the island. Um, like, that would be a side quest in a game now. Like, if there was, you know, yeah. if, if Rockstar made a, you know, a Star Tropics type game, um, the dolphin would be a, somebody you could help 
while you were on your way to rescue your uncle as part of the main story arc. Um, so I just I thought that was kind of cool that like it, it it introduced like kind of the idea of of story elements that aren't you know that aren't necessarily part of the grander story. It's just a thing you like a, a nice thing you can do for somebody. But in this case, you do have to do it. It's just you know like, kind of a, wanna... a generation ahead of its time. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to save this dolphin. <laughs> I want to find my uncle. Yeah. Um, another thing that I liked about this one is that the controls are really sharp. Yeah, they are. I, I, I never felt like... Crystalis had really bad... Like, it was hard to get yourself turned in the right direction to hit an enemy that was attacking you. Star Tropics, I never felt that. It was always really crisp. Like, if I want to jump down, I'm jumping down. If I want to jump left, I'm jumping left. Um, if I want to hit something with my yo-yo, I'm, you know, I'm at least swinging it in the direction I want to be swinging it. Um, it it's one of the, the sharper handling games that we've played. Um, yeah, I didn't feel like it was laggy or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I mean, it's definitely, like, you know, compare this to Snake, Rattle, and Roll. Ugh, um, this was just worlds better than that. Um, I liked the enemy designs. Loved the boss designs. I think the boss levels are... The bosses are cool, yeah. The bosses look really cool, which is, you know, what you want. You want your bosses to look cooler than your standard enemies. Um, I liked that there were, like, secret rooms and tunnels that you could find by, you know, jumping on the right blocks and flipping the right switches. Um, I did not like that room in the... I don't know if you found this. In the first dungeon, there's a secret room where you go in and there's a potion... And then if you jump on another block there, it opens another room that you go in and there's another potion. Uh, yeah. And then there's a third room off of that. And then you <laughs> go through that one and you immediately fall in the water and die. Die, yeah. Like, that was very Shadowgate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's that's just the death door. Okay, now I know next time. Get two potions and then turn around. <laughs> and then don't come back, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I... I, I really, really, really liked Star Tropics, uh, but it sounds like that was not uh, universal. We may have our second straight uh, disagreement where we have to go to the tiebreaker. I don't um, know. But before we get to that, uh, let's get to those uh, the high scores. Oh, sorry. I promised a story and I didn't actually tell the story. Oh, yeah. The box. Yeah. So Star Tropics. There is a code that's basically throughout the game... Your uncle is, like, leaving you codes to, like, activate things on your submarine or to get in certain places. Because he's, he's researching this and he's, you know, been abducted by aliens. And you're, like, trying to retrace his steps so you can go rescue him. At one point late in the game, you need to enter a code that you cannot find. No one has given you this code. Your little robot assistant doesn't have it. It's not in your sub. It's not in any of the villages. Nobody you can talk to tells it to you. The, so we uh, we rented this game you know, when I was a kid. And we got to that point and got just stuck. We dead-ended. Back in those days, boys and girls, before there was an internet... Where you could just hop on game FAQs and find out how do I get through this section of Star Tropics? You know how you got your hints? You called a 900 number set up by Nintendo that charged you, I don't remember how much per minute. But there were people there 
whose job it was to talk you through video games. Uh, this hotline, if you ever saw the the Fred Savage movie, The Wizard, um, there's a whole story about this 900 number and uh, the girl in it, uh, Jenny Lewis, who would later become the lead singer of Rilo Kiley. Um, she keeps calling the 900 number for tips on all these games so that Fred Savage's uh, disabled little brother could like basically memorize patterns and beat all the games so he'd win a gaming competition. It's a whole thing. You got to see the wizard. It's ridiculous, but it's awesome. But anyway, so my mom called the 900 number for Star Tropics and got online with the, the person at the Nintendo hotline who, you know, looked it up in whatever strategy guide they had for Star Tropics to walk people through. Like, oh yeah, you should have this code in your instruction manual. Oh, and man. which my mom pointed out, this is a rental. We didn't get uh, an instruction manual. Like, oh, okay. Well, then this is the code, and just gave her the code over the phone. Um, but yeah, so we had to pay extra for that game rental by calling Nintendo directly to find out how to get unstuck in their game because the store that we rented the game from didn't give us the instruction manual that had the one clue that we needed to advance any further got robbed man we got robbed <laughs> guys you have no idea for those of you younger basically younger than me i was probably in the last age bracket that this happened to because i don't know did you probably never had a situation like that right where you got to a point in the game and you just couldn't advance and there was no way to find that information you guys don't know I how mean, lucky you are to have an internet i definitely got to that point but i didn't have a number to call or i didn't know about that ah yeah, but there's definitely games where I was like, I'm completely stuck and I have no idea what to do, and we didn't have internet. So I don't know. <laughs> or we did, but it wasn't as, you know, even close to what we have now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were, like, in the old, like, even in the early uh, internet days, like, game FAQs didn't launch with the internet. Like, I remember having to dig through, like, IGN message boards to hope that somebody else had asked the same question I had. Uh, on certain games. I think uh, I started using FAQ, especially like FAQ.com. Like that was such a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like 2004, 2003. Yeah. Like I think that's when I started to really use those. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I didn't really start getting into, yeah, that's probably about when I did too. Cause yeah. I don't really remember using them much for game hints. I mostly used them to get formulas to create wrestlers in the SmackDown games. Yeah. So anyway, long way of saying you guys don't know how lucky you have it that you don't have to pay money to call somebody to have them tell you to look in your instruction manual. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, just because of the age gap and the fact that this came out when you were two, that you don't have a similar Star Tropics story in your past this is my first time playing so but i i have heard of the the box art or the box code that's mm -hmm. been one of those um i think i saw an episode of like g4 like in uh i don't know if people remember g4 tv yeah but it used to have like a tv show that was like gaming myths oh and, yeah or something it wasn't like or gaming something i don't know but it was yeah. It was on. It was like after X Play. Yeah, and this, 
that game, this game was definitely on it because of the box art or the yeah. box code. Right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot all about that show. And I was thinking about it. It's like, yeah, back in the day, you know, rental renting games was such a thing that I bet a whole bunch of people were stuck. <laughs> yeah. Probably on that exact puzzle, because yeah, that was that was how you played games back then. There was no. In this, in this playthrough, did you make it in that puzzle? I didn't. No, I yeah. didn't make it that far. I didn't make it that far either. So, no. um, which actually, uh, unless you have other thoughts on Star Tropics, um, that's a really good transition to get into <laughs> how far we made it on both of these games. All right. Well, so uh, on Star Tropics, since we're already talking about it. I made it to the third cave before my time ran out. So I so, beat the like the big octopus boss at the end of the second one, reunited the, the mother and son dolphin, went to the third island, went into the cave, and then time ran out. Yeah, Was the first boss the snake boss? Yes. Yeah, I just made it to that. So you, so you beat that because you made it to the second level because you I, talked to the dolphin. Yeah. I was on my way trying to save the dolphin. Okay. All right. And All the right. dolphin or whatever. Yeah. So partial, I have taken the lead very briefly. Um, let's see if that holds up on Kickle Cubicle. Uh, I made a note of both my high score and how far I made it. Um, my timer ran out. I was on the... F- I beat Gardenland... And I was four levels away from finishing Fruitland when time ran out. Wow. I think you got me with this one. I I just noted down that I beat Koki, the chicken thing. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I started, like, I talked to the princess and I started Fruit, my time stopped. Okay. So yeah, I, I made you- it probably about three quarters of the way through Fruitland before my time ran out. Damn. All right. So I now take a commanding 14 to 12 lead. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh whole two games I've now taken the lead uh, with, of course, six ties uh, over the course of 16 episodes. So we now, for is this our second straight week where the winner will, no, uh, second in three weeks because last week was just Zelda 2. Uh, the winner of this will face Mega Man, who we've already, pl- which we've already played. It beat Russian Attack in episode 8. Um, and, uh, so yeah, who, who do you have moving on, uh, on your side of the bracket to take on Mega Man? Man. Okay. I had a better time playing Kickle Cubicle, but I think I have to give it a Star Tropics. Why is that just, it's just a, like the better game design or... Yeah, I feel like the game design, like, once again, I feel like maybe it was just me at the time when I was playing it. I was already, I played another game, (laughs) and I was like, ah, I know, this again. But now thinking about it, I think I had more time trying to find stuff, and I don't know. I'm going to give it a start, (laughs) or, uh... Star Tropics. All right. Well, I definitely am as well. Um, I really like Kickle Cubicle. I feel bad for um, because right. I think you know, a lot of other weeks it would have pulled off the upset. I, if it was, I, yeah, if it was any game last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Honestly, I think 
probably the last games that we played that I'm pretty comfortable putting over Kickle Cubicle would have been uh, the week that we played Mega Man 6 and Rescue Rangers. Yeah. But I would put Kickle Cubicle ahead of Crystalis, Guardian Legend, Snake Rattle and Roll, Asgenax, Faxanadu, Little Samson, Clax, and Load Runner. Uh, yeah. It just unfortunately happened to run into Star Tropics here. Uh, so, yeah, so Star Tropics against Mega Man, uh, oh, which, uh, if I remember right, I don't have the bracket in front of me, should be the kickoff to next year's Mega Man May. Um, it might actually be the last week in April because we have five Mega Man games and there's only four Thursdays in May next year. But I don't remember that. You can find that on challenge.com slash kings of consoles uh, where you can follow along with the bracket um, every week we move the previous week's winner ahead so you don't have to worry about being spoiled um, oh uh, audience vote we we didn't mention because we agreed uh, but star tropics also got 75 percent of the online vote uh, so that would have broken any ties uh, just like uh, last week when load runner broke the tie uh, between us uh, knocking out clacks uh, so yeah, next week we are back at it again uh, with another really low seed, number 98, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, uh, which I have played a lot of, and the number 31 seed, Micro Machines, which I have never played. So that'll be fun to... Uh, I played Ninja Turtles a lot, so this is going to be interesting. Yeah. If... I played more I... of the second Turtles game, uh, which we will get to in october when it faces zombie nation uh, i played a lot more of the second one because that's the one that's based on the arcade game um, okay but the first ninja turtles game has one of my all-time least favorite levels so that'll be interesting to see if uh you make if, it back if that has grown on me at all uh since childhood if i'm any better at that and i'm interested to play micro machines because i never have yeah uh, micro machines is going to be interesting because i always had like star wars micro machines so mm -hmm. i wonder if it's the same yeah is it the same company is it the same thing i think so i think it's yeah i think it's the, the tiny little toys just made a video game so it'll be fun to see if it's like a my hunch is it probably like a like an rc pro-am type like three-quarter track like uh what was that one sega had a like a rally race game in arcades there was like overhead and you had the big steering wheel. Right, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of, I can't remember what that was called. Uh, like Road Rally, something like that. Somebody will correct me in uh, social media. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really have no frame of reference for what the Micro Machines game is going to be. But it's really high on IGN's list. Number 31 would make it the third highest game to not get a first round buy. Um, but that would also mean that the winner of that one we take on the number two seed, which I think is Legend of Zelda. So good luck there to both of those. Um, but yeah, we will we will cross that bridge when we get to it next week. Uh, in the meantime, check out Challenge. Uh, you can donate to the show on Coffee, uh, ko-fi.com slash kings of consoles. Um, if you want to, you know, throw a couple bucks our way to, you know, and maybe eventually we want to buy a website uh, so we're not just hosting everything through social media, uh, you know, new microphones, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes into putting a podcast together. Every little bit helps. 
Of course, there's no obligation. The show will never cost you money to listen to. It's always going to be free. Um, but, you know, we're, we're working really hard. <laughs> but there's also a lot of other causes that need money more than we do, probably, uh, at this point. Because we recorded a couple weeks in advance. And hopefully the world is fine. And we're all okay. And we've all been vaccinated for COVID. And, uh, you know, police reform has happened. And uh, all the good stuff. You know, all that good stuff. We're, we're, we're okay. We've, we've started healing. But just in case we haven't, um, if you go back to episode 14, there are a bunch of notes, a bunch of links in the episode notes uh, to worthwhile causes that you can contribute to. Um, not that we're not worthwhile, but we're, we're not changing the world. Uh, with this silly little podcast um, you can uh, join in the discussion with us talk about these games talk about next week's games talk about games several weeks in the future say you're super excited about gargoyles quest 2 and you want to you know start talking to start talking it up so that we're really excited to have it beat cobra triangle when we get to it in a few uh, months at this point uh, I think that's going to be another October game talk to us about it on on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash kings of consoles talk to us about it on Twitter or Instagram at kings of consoles talk to me about it personally at loopy date on Twitter yeah me at ricky4518 uh, so until next week play more games stay safe out there stay healthy out there and uh, we'll see you next time Later, everyone. Kings of Consoles is recorded in Nashville and Orlando and is produced and edited by me, Pedley. Thanks to Captain Portal for our theme song, intro for a non-existent video game, which can be found at freemusicarchive.org. And the music and sound effects from this week's games can be found by the quick Google search. The opinions expressed in this and every episode are our own, and we are in no way sponsored by or affiliated with Nintendo. We're just big fans.